Oh my god. Kathy, I just like thinking about your lower lip. Touching I like to think about your <laughs> I like to think about your let's not get into the muff conversation again. The muff conversation is over. We got a lot of great responses. We're gonna put all those together and come up with some sort of aftermath topic to our great fight of last week. It is an aftermath. because It's like a war. What's the aftermath of war? Whenever you and I go to war of sorts, there's an aftermath. Which is good. It, it gets our listeners engaged. I'm very, very excited about that. But you know what I'm really excited about, Kathy? What? I have decided to give my penis a new name. You had an old name? No, but just, you know, I'm just saying. It's, got a, it's a guy's penis. It's got like 8,000 names, you know? Uh-huh. All you right. Know, What's the new I name? Murder Hornet. Ah? You know, I am seeing that everywhere. What is going What is a murder hornet? And first of all, I don't care what it is. That's not your penis. My penis stings. No. It stings and sometimes it hurts. And then it, it fills you, you with. It's, <laughs> that's clap hornet. That's not murder hornet. That's gonorrhea Ew. hornet. Gross. Ew, I don't want. I don't get to have sex with anyone. How am I going to get an STI? That's true. You, you're chased. That's what it should be called now. Chased penis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is awful. And now we have to start a show. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, Please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four! Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Hello and welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and perversion. Recording live from our laptops in Southern California, which today is very muggy and cold. I'm Kathy. I am Count Boogie, and Kathy, I am looking out my storage door to the cloudy, cool skies, and I am so happy. I am so gloriously, I wish I could live in this. I know they say, like, England has horrible weather, and it's cloudy and muggy and rainy all the time, but I'm like, I don't know, just for a few months, I would just love to just live there. And just enjoy the gloom. I get a lizard light, you know, you get a lizard light and then you get your sun and your vitamin D thing and then you don't kill yourself or whatever. But, oh, my gosh, it just gets so hot and sunny and just direct blare. During summer, you'd be like the only only homeless person I know who goes, I summer in England. (laughs) That would be amazing to just migrate, to just homeless migrate to England in the summer. That would be so you. It would be amazing, God damn it, Kathy, what have you been up to? Have you been getting the dick? I know it took you a while to get on the phone. Was there dick in your mouth? No, there was an uh, English muffin in my mouth because I'm not at Creative <laughs> Explorers this weekend. I was having breakfast with my sister out on the patio. What? Dick well, I- muffin? 
What? What? Oh, that's right. You were doing like construction y shit or something around your house. Yes, I was. Have we were doing some organizing and we were uh, uh, having someone come in and patch and paint our closet so I can put in a closet system for a coat closet. And you know, I ne- I neglect a lot of stuff in my life because of Dick. Because if there's the the chance that I could get Dick on the weekend, I'm there, man. It's not even a question. And usually, like every six weeks or so. I start to realize that I've been not taking care of business and I've been neglecting stuff. And so I'll tell Creative Explorer, hey, man, I'm spending the weekend at home so that I can catch up on all this shit. <laughs> that is so hideously responsible and adult. It almost makes me simultaneously respect and disrespect you as a pervert. That actually, I, I respect and disrespect myself, too. So we're good. <laughs> God damn it, Kathy. To hell with all the things in adult life. You got to get the dick while the dick is getting good. I get the dick every weekend. You got to grab that murder hornet by the stinger and you got to just gee. I I don't I I see that phrase murder hornet everywhere I go, but I've never actually clicked on anything to see what all this is about. So I have no idea what you're talking about. It's just a big, horrible hornet that has now migrated its way into the United States. And so people, of course, it's the attack of the murder hornets. It's it's all over. You know, there's other places in the world where this it's kind of an extra large hornet, you know, and it has a really violent sting and whatever. It's just another one of the annoying things that uh, creeps into your life. But to the people that have been living with it, they they already know how to deal with them. So we're just all yeah. freaked out because we're like the murder hornets on top of a pandemic. I see. You got to have something else to get be afraid about. That's right, because you adapt. Our human mind adapts to whatever shit we have to survive and deal with. And so then all of a sudden, you know, our mind that's been pumping all this survival endorphin and survival fight or flight, you know, starts to stabilize. And it's like, hey, there's no party anymore. What's going on? We were really on edge, whatever. Now you've adapted. So we got to find something to kind of juice up that fight or flight thing. So murder hornets... (laughs) Just the new thing, great. I guess. That's yeah. it. That gets us going again. God damn it. But one thing you're not allowed to do is name your penis Murder Hornet. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Murder Hornet. We're going to go do some stinging. Ow! Yeah, that's no. just what a woman wants to hear. Gotta get your kink right. All types on Fet Life. Finger in the pee hole for some. It's a big delight. So today we have a post by a new uh, author that I've chosen. I've often seen her stuff, and I've actually looked in. I could never really find a post that I could discuss. But today we're going to be talking about Rain de Grey's post entitled let me tell you why i don't like her and this is a post specifically about fet life and what it's like to post on fet life and while i normally don't uh, concentrate on posts that are specifically about fet life i thought this had some fabulous lessons that carry over not only into everyday life but into uh, the, B- the bdsm community as well so she says i see plenty of things on fet life that i disagree with or that don't work for me and you know what i do i walk away If something isn't working for me, that is my problem to deal with. It is not a stranger's responsibility to hold space for me while I tell them how much I disagree with them and all of the things that they are doing. Now, I know that some people counter with saying that all I do is create an empty echo chamber for myself where I block anyone who criticizes me or doesn't blindly agree with me, that I am thin-skinned and arrogant. Well, this is just not true. 
I listen to everything that people say to me. If they have a valid point, I apply it in my life. I've grown as a person from the constructive criticism that people have given me. What I have no patience for is criticism or negativity that is not helpful. If I don't know you and you feel the need to come by my profile and tell me all the things I'm doing wrong and how much you disagree with me, the odds are high that you're not going to have access to my profile for long. It isn't a weakness to block someone. I block to curate my FetLife experience because my time is too valuable to invest it giving trolls a platform to troll. Aha. Brava, 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 as far as I'm Yes. Kathy, I have so many conundrums uh, on this post and how to approach this. Uh huh. Do you want me Um, to begin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go ahead and you go ahead and begin. So that way, if if anyone's listening, they'll they'll hear some (laughs) rational thought before I come and just surge through with my babbling, ranting, usually very hot mental. Wait, that's a choo choo train passing. Sorry, I like the choo choo train, and I think that people (laughs) like your surging babbling. (laughs) The reason that I fully agree with her is because I think that I believe that not all criticisms are alike. Right. There's constructive criticism. There's destructive criticism. There's criticism that's meant to help you and criticism that's just meant to be there because someone wants to vent on you. And it is not uh, the responsibility of everybody who receives any any negative or positive words to sit there and take it. It's it's really your life. And as she says, you can curate your own experience. And if you decide that somebody's criticism has carried over into the trolling area, you have every right to block them, to not listen to them, to turn off the volume and decide, I'm not going to listen to this person's, what they might consider to be criticism, but what I just consider to be trolling. You don't have to listen to everybody. And I, the reason I think that's valuable is because in regular everyday life and in the BDSM community, The same thing applies. You can't run around trying to please everybody. And in an environment where you're already maybe walking in nervous, upset, uh, not upset, nervous or not knowing how you're going to be dealing with stuff because you're new to the community or you're in a, a party where everybody looks better than you or plays harder than you and you've already got your self doubts happening and you're not exactly sure of yourself. You're not feeling Uh, your your self-esteem isn't very high, you have a right to say, I'm going to turn off the noise that all it does is serve to uh, inflate that lack of self-esteem I have. You have a right to decide who you're going to listen to and who you're not going to listen to. Because if you just listen to everybody, your experience is going to be absolutely horrible. You're, You're going to be cut down. People more often will criticize you than tell you nice things. And people can cut you down and cut you down and cut you down until there's you're a shell of your former self and you have little to no self-esteem left. So I think her her approach is very, very healthy. You have to, you have every right, and I don't care what anybody tells you, to turn down the volume on things that aren't helping you and in fact are hurting you. So there's my spiel. I like your spiel. And definitely that is in and of itself, there is – I'm 100% on that page with you, that I think that you have the right to do whatever the hell you want, really. I mean, the, there's no real discussion uh, on a personal level. Uh, whatever you want to do, you can do within the 
the confines of whatever laws that govern where you live. You do whatever you feel you need to do to manage your existence. That being said, I had a lot of, I'm going to be really honest, Kathy. Are you ready for brutal honesty? I am ready for brutal honesty. Super brutal honesty. First thing I did, first thing, I don't know the poster. So I don't know all the dynamics and variables about what she does, what she doesn't do, what she considers valid conversation, what she considers trolling, blah, 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 blah. I didn't read all her posts. But what I did do is I went and I looked at her pictures because that's what I do. And so my initial response was that kind of uh, because I read the post and then I had all these different reactions. And then I saw her pictures and I'm like, oh, God damn it. She's hot. I totally want to fuck her. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, and which, of course, she's going to hear if she hears this, she's going to, of course, hear that I want to fuck her and then immediately sell all of her possessions to pay for the travel to get to me so she can then come and live in my car with me because I want to fuck her. Really? It's true. And I will I have decided I will share my pee jug with her. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, not all the time because it's my fucking jug, bitch. Okay. It's oh, mine. You know what? She's never gonna let me use a post of hers again because all she's gonna think of is pee jug. Well, whatever you know, Mew used it uh when we had our visit because it has a giant <laughs> uh, wide mouth and it was very, very cute. And uh and I'm like, I somehow feel closer to you. But I would let this person uh use my P job because she's hot. So I say that because there's a conundrum when you have things that poke you, at least as I do, that all of a sudden I don't want to lose my credibility with somebody if I disagree with them. That is a purely honest feeling but the reality is is you know she's far away and she's probably not going to be impressed uh with the fact that i want to have sex with her and even if she did she would not want to have sex with me so i might as well just have an honest opinion uh about this post (laughs) i love how easily you will you will throw away your honest opinion for us for some pussy I, th- I thought that was funny because that was my initial reaction. I had these feelings like, oh, fuck you, you know, you know, Jesus fucking crap. You know, I got all that defensive ranty because, Kathy, the reality is, is I am a troll. Yeah. I am an antagonist. And but whatever, you know, this whole show is me trolling and antagonizing and ranting and poking my finger in people's beliefs and thoughts and whatever. And some of it is based on my fears and insecurities about myself. Some of it is based on my based on my self-righteousness. And some of it is based on my perverse love for fucking up people's worlds and making them think outside of their own box because that's the only way I think outside of my box. Unless I am antagonized. And once again, there comes a time where it's abusive and it's not constructive. And that part, I absolutely agree. But for me, I need to have people challenge my thoughts because my thoughts are so all over the place. I need people. This is why I need Kathy to tell me she thinks I'm full of shit every 15 minutes. What? Because then I have to because then I have to think about it. I have to be challenged. And so there's 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 a lot of hesitation on a post like this where I'm like, well, first thing I would want to ask is what are the parameters of what you consider trolling to be. Obviously when someone gets like aggressive and negative and fuck you and you're a dumb bitch and stuff like that, that's pretty no brainer, you know? All right. You're a dick. 
block delete. But at what point does something that somebody else says that makes you uncomfortable, at what point do you just say, oh, this makes me uncomfortable. I don't want to, I don't want to hear this block delete. Because when that's the case, then I don't learn anything about myself because now I've just surrounded myself with people that agree with me. Right. And she like the echo chamber that she talks about. I mean, sure. Uh, the, the reason that th- this is the most compelling part of that post to me. And here it is. Okay. You're right that someone else can watch the, some, uh, another person as they're deciding what they're going to, cu- how they're going to curate their the responses on FetLife or w- in real life or wherever. And you may look at them and say, wow, they just shut down that person and decided not to listen to them when that person had some really valid stuff to say. And that may be true. The provocative part about her post is that it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. You curate your own life and you're the one who makes those decisions. And those decisions aren't always popular with other people. And they're not always lofty. Because there are times when I've shut people down, even though I know what they have to say could be valuable. But at the time, it's not good for me and I don't want to hear it. And there are times when I have said, no, I don't want to do it, even though there's a part of me saying, hey, you know, if you were a better person or if you were, you know, more in tune with what how to make your life better, you'd be listening to them. And I'll even shut that voice down because at the time I don't want to hear it. I totally agree with that. And that's, uh, you know, my first reaction to something like that is if you're in that fragile state, then and this is once again, this is my fucking opinion. You have your opinion. I have my opinion. If you're in that state where you just I don't want to deal with any anybody fighting against my thoughts and ideas that you should make it a private post to the people that are on your friends list. And you should say, hey, I'm having thoughts and whatever, and I just want some love and support and so forth. And it also depends on your content. If you're posting something on a public post and you say, these are my thoughts and feelings, you lay out your shit, maybe it's a little bit ranty, and at the end you say, can we have positive discourse about this? Or something like, uh, if it gets too negative, I'm going to shut down from that. But I'm open to discourse. That is where my opinion states. But if if you're really fragile... And you don't want anyone else's uh, opinions that are different from yours, then fuck you. If you think I'm not going to respond when your shit shows up in my feed and you're ranting about this or that and I disagree with it, that's a public forum. You have now invited the opinions of other people. You can't just have the you can't just put I mean, you can, but you're a douchebag. You can't just post shit and say, this is my opinion. Go fuck yourself. And then shut down everyone else's opinion because all you really want is people to validate you. You just want people to surround themselves around you, tell you how great you are, which doesn't mean you're great. If you can't embrace the other side, even if you disagree with them, we do not grow. We have an entire culture right now that is like, if you voted for this person, you are not in my life. And if you agree with this, you are not in my life. And if you do this, you are not. It is total. We are rebuilding Nazi Germany by segregating ourselves from people that think differently from ourselves. So I get really defensive at that because I have learned so much by wading through my disagreement and hatred of people and trying to hear something they are saying. Now, for me, I like antagonistic control and talking shit. So other people may want it to be a lower level. But I need 
I need to learn. I have listened to people that I completely disagree with. And I've tried to pick through what is the fear? What is the logic? And all of a sudden found, well, that's actually a good point. It may not be right or wrong, but that is a good question that deserves to be answered from somebody that I would have totally shut off and disagreed with. And I, I think we're just fucking ourselves by not allowing ourselves to be offended and not allowing people to disagree with us or disagree with us strongly when we come at them with a strong belief. Right. And I think that uh, you and I have had this particular disagreement in the past. I, I don't agree with the, if you're going to put stuff on FetLife or on online or in a public forum, you have to be okay with it because if not, you shouldn't be posting it anyway. I, I completely disagree in fact, we're very careful about that, even though we don't necessarily have to be asking people's permission when we use their FetLife stuff posts. We do because we don't want to piss anybody off. So sure. when when somebody posts something or someone says something in a par- at a party, they, they have every right to say, shush, I don't want to hear what it is you have to say. And if they're in their own echo, cha- echo chamber, they're in their own echo chamber. And that's their their life. The, the point that that or the lesson that I've learned over my life is that when I try and please others by doing the right thing, all I do is make myself unhappy. And I do have to walk that line where I have, I, I will ask myself, is this healthy for me? Is this good for me? But in the end, I will make the decision that's right for me, whether someone else judges that it's good or bad, whether someone else says, you're just you're mess you're really messing up your own life because if you had listened to this and it would be yeah of course my god my life is littered with decisions that i've made that if i look back i think oh shit i shouldn't have fucking done that or i should have listened sure. to that person but in the end all it does is make me unhappy when i try and follow what other people say or follow the straight line my entire life even though i'm not a religious person i've had in my mind this straight line that you walk you have to be a good person you have to be a better person than you were yesterday. You have to improve yourself. This is what life is all about. That focus and that mentality I had meant a lot more when I believed in an afterlife, when I believed in the consequences that that happened based on how I was living my life in the hereafter. I wasn't religious, but I did have a great deal of faith in in the life after death. When that disappeared in my life, my focus turned inwards and f- trying to figure out what the fuck am I doing all this shit for? It's not making any, it's not making me happy. It's making other people happy. So I think that her post really touched a nerve with me because it is a focus that I have, I have turned my focus inward ever since that happened. And I don't give a rat's fuck. If somebody else, and they have in my life, thinks that what I'm doing is destructive or wrong, I will look at it just like you, Boogie. I absolutely will turn my attention on it and I will say to myself, is that some, are they right? Is that something that I should be looking at? But if, once I make my decision that it's not, fuck you if you think that I'm wrong. I'm on that same page with you, Kathy. I think my only point is I get defensive because I've seen so much damage from people not allowing the other side. And once again, everything goes in varying. You know, I had a I was raised in an abusive house where it was screaming and yelling every day. And and so I'm very used to loud, aggressive uh, debates. 
Uh, most of those debates, when they are loud and aggressive, are useless. It's all about self-righteousness. And my point is better than your point. I totally understand that. I do believe, and once again, I believe you're right. You can do whatever you want. You can curate your, your FetLife or your social media page however you want to. In my opinion, which is mine, if you lash out on a public post and are not willing to accept people responding in an opposing view with the same amount of vigor that you put out, you're a douchebag. No, because I think I, you should. But, I think you should post that privately. I think if you go I, out, because that's a, like a little kid flipping you off outside of the car window while they're driving away, and it's just like, you know, why don't you stand in front of me and do that? No, because I'm just going to be a little bitch and flip you off as I go and not allow no, you to not, respond. In that's my, a troll. In my mind, in my mind, it's no different from sitting at a dinner party across from someone and they're telling me something that I don't want to hear, which I've done before, and said, "I'm sorry, but." I, I, I'm going to turn my attention over here right now because I don't want to listen to this anymore. Blocking is the same thing for me. I decide as I go through life what it is I want to listen to and what I don't want to listen Abs- to. I'm not, agree- I'm not, I'm not no, disagreeing no, but, with that. But, but, blocking but, did, is you, not- but did, you, did you start with some giant rant and then when they started to rant back, you're like, no, 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 I don't want your opinion. Sometimes, sure. And if I want to do that, then that's, that's my right to do you that. You can. That's poor form in my opinion. Yeah, and that if I you think want to dish it out I, you and you can't touch, take it, right? And that's that's an easy, it's a cheap and easy uh, attack to make on someone by saying, "Hey, you can dish it out, but you can't take it." I will dish out what I want and take what I want, and if you don't like, and I don't mean you, I'm not talking about you, but the you can the say it about me, universal you. If you don't like it, that's your problem, not mine. That's fine. And those are the types of people that I don't feel are moving society forward. The people right. that and lash out in their wow, posts you, all over Facebook. Oh, no, I'm, you let me finish. just the fucking that, hit the, you know, you touched, really, you just touched on, on I think, a core fundamental difference between you and I. And I think the reason for a lot of our arguments, or our disagreements, I should say, is that you're very concerned with society, and I couldn't care less about society. And I think everything stems from that. (laughs) I think it's very true, because society is the thing that either gives me things or takes away things based on their points of view. And I've had a lot taken away from me because of other people's points of views. I've had a lot of opportunities taken away from me because of society's points of view of me. So I am very interested in bringing a conversation into society that allows them to not discriminate as much against people of different backgrounds, of different ideas, and that we work together as a society so we don't take away everything from people. And what I have seen very aggressively is a lot of people shouting out their hate and throwing this big chest out there. And then the second anyone comes and says, well, fuck you. I don't agree with you. They're like, you can't talk to me like that. I'm offended. I don't care. That's your, you have your opinion. This person has their opinion. That is fine. My opinion is, is don't start a fight. If you're not going to fight, if you're going to say something, if you're going to speak to me in a way that that's constructive and you're saying your opinion constructively, then it is my responsibility to equal that and to come back with a constructive conversation. But as somebody who's an antagonist, if you come at me, I'm going to fucking go for your throat and we're going to fight it out until we find where we stand and and what we agree and disagree with. And a lot of times some of those aggressive fights have completely changed my point of view to where I'm like, I'm a complete asshole. 
I absolutely don't believe what I used to believe because I had this fight. But if I dish it out like a troll and I say all the aggressive, horrible, rapey, retard, fuck you shit that I say on this show and I don't allow people to come at me and go, you're a fucking asshole. And I go, you can't call me an asshole because that's not where my life's at right now. I have started that fight. If you pick a fight, you better be ready to fight. But the beauty of it is that. If if you you post something, you're not picking a fight. You're just putting it out there. And if you have if you want to block it, you have every right to. You need to stop clicking on the murder hornet posts every time they come up because they're messing See, with your See, murder head. hornets, I can deal with, Kathy, because murder hornet is an insect and it has a natural tendency to attack when it is threatened, when the hive is threatened, and they are just literally doing what nature calls them to do. And what's That's happening because they now, don't have a higher brain function. That's like saying somebody who's mentally retarded is better than you because they don't have the capacity to be assholes. Well, it's kind of true in some ways. We what if we really what Kathy, what have we really accomplished as a species by being this evolved cerebral cortex? We have destroyed the surface of the fucking planet in 200 years since the start of the industrial revolution. From the highest mountain on Mount Everest to the lowest part of our ocean, our fucking trash and filth is everywhere. Where has our bigger brain with our better opinions got us that the murder hornet hasn't? I don't care where these where our bigger brains have gotten us. You're talking to a nihilist, remember? Well, I'm a social <laughs> I'm a societyist. You're a I socialist. We, I believe I don't even know what a socialist is. I'm not getting into that conversation. I don't know anything. I don't care. But what uh-huh. I do know is that I have a belief and it's the only thing that keeps me going. Uh, in my situation, I have a belief that with good communication, even if it's ugly and messy and screaming and yelly, if we can get past that and get to the real fears and the real insecurities, and I'm afraid to lose my job, and I'm afraid my family's not going to like me, and I'm afraid this hot chick on the internet's going to not want to come and fuck me in my car with my pee jug. I want to get to that because I believe once we do that, we can work together. And not fuck everything up. You know, Boogie, you don't have to be afraid that she's not going to come over and fuck you. She's not going to come over and fuck you. You can let go of that Well, fear. I know, Kathy, <laughs> but this I'm a fantasy in the head kind of guy. You're fan- I I live- a nice way of saying that you live in your head. <laughs> that is exactly what it is. I could, Literally, I have won the lottery, Kathy, seven million times. And I can even get – that's called acting when you uh-huh. live in that moment. We live in that illusion all the time when we play our games, when we watch our movies – When we have our fantasies, I can literally live. I may not be physiologically getting that interaction, but I have been rich. I have been rich and I have had my swimming pool and you and I, Kathy, have laid in that in that swimming pool on our little floaties with our little things for our laptops. So we can actually do the show on headsets while floating in an indoor pool that doesn't have sun. I have. Kathy, I have had us at our campfire. I have had us, you know, because we talk about our campfire, lottery campfire, that every night we're going to meet at the ca- at the fire pit outside and go, oh, isn't this a wonderful life, Boogie? Yes, Kathy, indeed. It's a wonderful See, life. Now you're, now you're making me feel bad because in my fantasies, you're not there at all. <laughs> <laughs> I 
that offends me. I'm going to delete and block you. No, Kathy, I'm pretty. I kind of know. I kind of know. Okay, I kind of knew. You know, my my things are like we do the show and we have the super studio and I build your whole like section and now it has a plastic cage around it so you can literally have your own door and enter so you won't uh, you know feel uncomfortable getting a virus you know whatever so you have like your whole thing and it's like a little bit raised up above everyone else so you can be like super Kathy. Yeah, I have all those thoughts about you. Oh my god! All right, I, I think. I think that I blame Rain DeGray for writing a great post that made us talk about it for what it was about 20 minutes already. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. The weather is beautiful and cloudy and muggy. And you're I not love it. Uh, melting in your metal box there. Yeah. When it's like hot, I'm like, can we get this done? <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed when it's hot, you're eager to move on. <laughs> My balls are sweaty. I must move on. <laughs> Turn the timer off. How long did it take for Boogie to talk about his sweaty balls? <laughs> God damn it. Bunny likes to read, likes the feels, likes the tingle factor. Bunny's fan fiction reviews. All right. And see how this works. You look good. I look good. I look hot. You look hot? Why can I not see this? <laughs> you totally look hot in audio. <laughs> not just saying that because I always look hot. Oh my God, your vanity is like literally dripping through your microphone. Yes. Oh my God, Bunny. Welcome with your arrogant self back to the show. It is so good to hear from you again. <sighs> Thank you. It is good to be here with my hotness. <laughs> Oh my god, you're on a roll. You heard that the listeners were so excited to have you back, and it went straight to your goddamn bunny head, didn't it? (laughs) I mean, no. Well, hey, you are back because the listeners really did enjoy the fan fiction segment, and some of them have gone and read the last one that we did, uh, which was the Hermione uh, Snape one, which was awesome. So now that you are back, did you do anything fun this week? I made a pie two days ago. That's pretty intense. (laughs) I wish I could have squished it, though. That would have been so good. It has been a long time since we've done any good squishing. Yeah, I just felt like it probably wouldn't have, you know, Tevran I'm quarantined with if I had just taken my pie out that I spent a whole day making and just, like, sat on it or something. It probably wouldn't have gone over as well so i didn't squish it we ate it well i'm glad that you used restraint but it does bring us back to many a fine squishing events like especially pancake breakfast mornings where there was extra pancake batter in the bowl and we would just slide it in front of you and like kind of move away and then let you kind of have at it and within like Literally three minutes, all of your clothes would be off and you would be covered from head to toe in pancake batter. Yeah, I like the squishing. I like the sloshing. So now that we have established the major love of squishing, let us get now to our major love of fan fiction. And what would be the next fan fiction that we are going to talk about on Perverted Podcast? (sighs) Okay, the next one is a little weird and it takes us into the Marvel Cinematic Universe Um, and it's called It All Goes Back to Bulby. (laughs) Okay, this is going to be good. What's the premise of this story? Um, should do we have to get trigger warnings or anything? Nah, nah. 
pretty much if you listen to perverted podcasts, it's like one long trigger warning, pretty much. So just kind of delve into it. Cool. So Peter Parker is in a mental health institution, like an inpatient treatment facility. And and his psychiatrist is Tony Stark. Iron Man. Oh my gosh. Iron Man. Iron Man's a psychiatrist. And then, like, Steve Rogers, so Captain America and the Winter Soldier, Bucky Barnes, they're, like, nurses in this place. And then later, Loki's in it, and he's a patient. (sighs) But, okay. So. I can see that this is not going to necessarily be a boogie type of uh, fan fiction, but please continue. So, Peter Parker is doing you know, therapy with Tony, like Iron Man, and they're doing therapy. And then Tony suggests age aggression, like age play therapy. So they kind of embark on this whole like caregiver little relationship journey in this mental health institution. But as weird as that sounds, it's like actually very sweet and just like such a weird premise but like the connectedness and everything that happens in it is i don't know i'm very much connected with it so because this is maybe some of the things that you like about daddy relationships i thought a lot about this and i feel like the relationship that they develop of the daddy little boy is definitely like the nurturing the connectedness the things that they do it's definitely what i would really like a lot of aspects that I would want to have or look for in a relationship because I'm am a little I do the whole DDLG thing like um I would want a relationship with a daddy figure and also I realized that I like that this was led like the whole relationship and exploration was led by the caregiver figure because I feel like as the little I still sometimes feel kind of like shameful or not as sure about doing it. I always feel like super like at the flip of a switch, I could totally just shut it down at the first hint that anybody's not into that. Um, And I always feel like I'm usually the one kind of instigating it with people because I don't know. But so the fact that the caregiver person was the one really leading it and encouraging it and being so open it was, um, I don't know, it was something that I connected with. Well, that is that is actually very sweet and very amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so this, this fan fiction would probably score higher on the feels than necessarily the tingle factor. Yes. There's tingly stuff later in this, for sure. Like, Loki, like Thor comes into it and becomes Loki's daddy. It's amazing, and there's some sexual age play later but incest of the gods <laughs> bend over brother <laughs> yes but it's not you know it's not the the main part for most of the story and this one is a, is long it's like a whole book okay so on the uh, bunny marshmallow meter for the thinkies and inspiration what would you grade it I graded it um I graded it eight marshmallows because no can I change that I'm gonna say nine I'm gonna say nine marshmallows because it makes me think a lot about what like what kind of things that I 
would want in relationships. That is fantastic. Immersibility? For immersibility, I gave it six marshmallows because it's a good story. I was very much into it, but some of the language that like they used for dialogue and stuff was kind of not my style, so not quite as high on immersibility. Now then, the feels? What would you rate it? I know you said I'm not supposed to rate things 10, but I rated it a 10. <laughs> We've already set the bar. <laughs> it, was, it was good. Bunny's obsessive rating system will soon have like 26 marshmallows and 142. Disco, <laughs> <and just> read it! <laughs> That's okay, Pumpkin. I'm glad you're excited about that story. So as far as Tingle Factor, what rating did that get? Um, I gave it a two. It's really not the main focus of the story, like I said, but there's some good parts later, but it's not, you know, it's not the meat of the story. If you are a perverted podcast listener and you are interested in Bunny reviewing a type of fan fiction and uh, giving us the goods on that, please email us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. Bunny, are you going to now go back to worshiping your own beauty today? No, I'm going to go sell a dress for my friend for her birthday (laughs) and do some homework. That's pretty boring. (laughs) Can't you throw some masturbation in there or something? I mean, come on. I'm lonely. I'm thinking about you. Yeah. Can you maybe just just, just get a little dental in there and just sit on the... Maybe. Okay, 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 okay. I will be sewing the dress naked like a 50s housewife, and I'll be like bent over the table, like ironing, waiting for you to come molest me from behind. Oh my God. Now, that is a bunny I can get behind. God damn it. (laughs) I am so alone in this storage unit right now. (laughs) So very, very alone. (laughs) Well, Bunny, until I can come and accommodate you in your your naked sewingness, uh, Uh we will, of course, wait for the next. Now then, you said you told me a little tease that you were going to be uh, possibly doing a Star Wars fan fiction (gasps) next? Yes. So... (laughs) <laughs> I found the greatest Star Wars fanfiction with Kylo Ren, who, God, it's just, it's just really hot and amazing, and I'm obsessed, and it's just really good, and I'm really, really excited to talk about it next time. Well, then, all of our listeners will wait for your glorious return. Until then, you are gorgeous. We all love you very much, and we'll see you on the next segment. Yay. Is Geeky World News a social enigma? I don't know, let's ask Enigma. He should know because he's got the same name. Kabow, bow, bow, Enigma, E-N. How the fuck do you spell your name? I spell my name E-N-Y-G-M-A. So many different ways I have spelled your name. <laughs> so you have a topic this week that we're going to dig into, and I'm excited about this. Why don't you tell our listeners what we're going to dig into? So what we're digging into this week is we're digging into Bollywood and the sex community or the the state of sexuality in India. Now then, of course, 
for those of us that are less uh, in the know about all the things that are India, mostly what we know is we're like, the Karma Sutra, and then, of course, the, the temples that have all the pornographic carvings and stuff in India. But other than that, I don't think we really know what the current pulse is. At least I don't hear. Right. So the, the article that I'm, I'm drawing from is from a website called Engage, or the website is epw.in. It's an Indian-based web, uh, web magazine. And of course, as always, you can find, if you want to come join us on our Discord, that is where I post all the links to these articles if you'd like to read them there. So, so the article is called Margarita with a Straw, Female Sexuality, Same-Sex Love, and Disability in India. And Margarita the Straw is the movie, the Bollywood movie that this whole article is kind of based around. So the article goes into how Bollywood, like in America, uh, capitalizes on what the country itself is interested in. So like recently we've had the huge boom in comic book movies because like the nerds who are kids are now adults. And so they want to see all of these franchises that they grew up with. And so that's what's kind of that's what's kind of culminating in our in our entertainment industry right now. And so in Bollywood and in, 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 and in India, it's the same way. And so this all kind of started in the 90s. The Bollywood framework started to focus on women-led, feminism-focused movies and characters with disabilities. Uh, the movies that they talked about are To Be a Woman, Rayo, and Prasad. Uh, these are two movies that came out around in the 90s that are big in the whole feminism movement. And they also started to look at how in India, as well as in the U.S., People with disabilities often get labeled as asexual or even hypersexual and people Mm. who don't deserve to have control over their own bodies. Like because they're disabled and they are because they're differently abled than us, than like quote unquote normal people, then their sexuality is different. And so they don't get to embrace their sexuality like again, quote unquote normal people. Because obviously that shuts off. Yes. It yes. just shuts off. If you get, I mean, if you're born with a disability or if you acquire a disability uh, later in life, obviously your brain just shuts off sexually, right? Right. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's totally how that happens. Oh, okay. Yeah, I read that somewhere. And so uh, oftentimes this actually starts with parents and their families. Like when these disabled children are, are being brought up. Um, their parents will often push them to financial success and to have a really good job and a really good career as opposed to emphasizing sexual health and, and embracing that their intimate side. And so just kind of ignoring all of the sexuality that this person could have had, they're like, no, you need to be a financially successful human being. And that's how you're going to be, that's how you're going to stand out in the, as a disabled person. And so, and they, the parents often never give them the privacy. A lot of these disabled kids have to live in uh, some sort of communal room like sometimes they have to live with their parents sometimes they have to um, just be like on constant monitoring because the parents don't understand that like these these human beings want to have some alone time so that they can explore themselves and figure out themselves but they never have that opportunity Um, and so the what really stuck out to me about this article was that this is something that's very often reflected over here and I don't like we don't really make movies about it, but like India is starting is trying to embrace this and try to normalize the idea that differently abled people are just as valid and just as sexual, and they're people who are des- and they are people who would deserve 
to be treated with respect and deserve to be able to have sex just like any males. Yes, they might need some special commendations that like a quote unquote normal pe- person doesn't need. But like that doesn't mean that they don't deserve to have somebody who's willing to experiment and explore and um, help them to have lots of fun, messy come times. Now, in Europe, I've seen a lot of documentaries um, and and some of them, I mean, sexual documentaries. And in Europe, there seems to be, I've noticed, more of a swing towards parents taking their uh, adult children to a prostitute to be able to explore their sexuality for the same reason. Just because you're differently able doesn't mean that you don't have needs sexually. And I don't know if this is just, as you were saying, this isn't just India. I think in in many cultures, including ours, your sex-positive health isn't really touched on by most parents raising a child they don't want to think about these things or they're embarrassed or they don't want to spend that time and like you said that's that's heartbreaking because if the person is literally trapped most of the time with their their parents in the same room obviously they're never going to have that chance to touch themselves or you know or however they can explore whether it's watching pornography or or thinking, you know, and I'm sure their body still has all these feelings that are very confusing yeah. because nobody's there to explain it to you. And maybe you feel uncomfortable to talk about this with your parents or whatever. So when you see cultures that kind of embrace that idea that a different able person, hey, you need to spend some time on their sexuality because they're still a fucking human. Oh, 100%. And oftentimes, if they do get sex, it's because that whatever their disability is, it is fetishized. So, like, if they uh, don't have, like, for some reason they were born without a leg or they had the leg amputated or something like that, that's that's the fetish. That's what the person's interested in. They're not interested in the whole person. They're interested in what is what is abnormal about this person and what they can get out of it, not necessarily how they can relate to this person how they can actually in, enjoy the whole person as opposed to just what is differently abled about them and that i think would be more of how culturally we address differently abled people oh yeah and and this isn't just to say that doesn't just come down to disabled people like even a lot of trans people they will uh hook up with somebody and then after a potentially good time they're like oh that person was just into me because i'm trans not because they actually were interested in me the whole person and so i i think it's it's the people who are in the outlier outliers get fetishized and i think that's something that needs to be addressed in our society and i think it is slowly but it's 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 i think the way that india is approaching it i think is really cool because they're obviously because the media reflects what the culture is talking about they're they're starting to embrace it and they're starting to address it so that the whole public can be talking about it i don't want to you know take away from the great thrust of the potential positive direction we're taking but i just would like everyone to know that i'm okay with being fetishized and (laughs) if you just want to look at me and be like you know what i want to fuck a fat old homeless guy um i'm totally cool if you roll up we do some stuff and then you roll the fuck out and never see me again i just want you to know but i can imagine 
that if I was only fetishized for that, then maybe... No, not really. You can totally do that to me all the time. That's uh, Never mind. <laughs> Del, what do you think about all this? You gave consent for that, so that's a bit different. It's true. And that's a lot of it. Is like, if you're cool with being fetishized and you consented to it, yeah. But if you're in, like, vanilla muggle world and they're doing it to you, or you get catcalled and you're like... And they say, like, weird things or, like, they use triggering phrases just to get to you. You didn't consent to that. It's not kosher. Like, people want weird things when they want it. And then the rest of the time, they're like, yeah, you're not a human. Go away. Like, Manic Pixie Dream Girls, which is mostly just, like, the media's representation of autistic females. It's problematic. Like, oh, we we like you when we make you a sex object. But the rest of the time, we don't acknowledge that you have any kind of, like issue yeah and it's that whole kind of attitude like well you should you should take what you can get and that's kind of the problem with anything that's fetished is when you fetishize something it's about the fetish you have no concern really about the human being you know so you're just like well at least somebody wants to fuck you so you should just be grateful that some some loser wants to fuck you yeah people suck <laughs> People do suck. But once again, if you need to fetishize someone, then fetishize me. Count Boogie, perverted podcast at gmail.com. Uh, <laughs> look, I've been I've been kinda lonely. Yeah, no, I, I I've been I don't at this point I don't mind being fetishized either if if you like a chubby, nerdy, long haired hippie, like come come on over. <laughs> I I will happily accept the fetishization. And if you want the asymmetry, come to me. <laughs> We're all sluts. Perverted podcast listener segue. Just hold still, Mel. Just whatever you're doing. Just what? Just put the aluminum foil hat on. You know, with the little (laughs) antennas that you've molded, and we will just go ahead and we will just get into it. Hello, garbage can, Mel. Hi, Boogie. (laughs) It is so amazing to finally have you with us here on this Perverted Podcast show because you have been a part... How long have you been listening to Perverted Podcast? Um, probably at least a year, but but I am a Zam. You are a Perverted Podcast zombie apocalypse master, which means you... I don't know if this is a good thing or... I don't think I've ever actually just discussed being a pee Zam with a pee Zam, but that means you have listened to every episode that we have posted, including you've also listened to the to the ones that are only released to Patreon. This is true. Mel, do you have a lot of free time on your hands? <laughs> Actually, I listen when I'm at work. I just um, pop on my headphones and just perv out. Is there ever a moment where we say or do something so ridiculous that it makes you act out and your fellow employees like give you weird looks? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I've gotten the side eye a few times. <laughs> nice. Side eye, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. <laughs> It's something I dream about, Mel, when I'm just laying there at night and I'm like, if I can just help our listeners get some side eye while they're listening, then I know I've really done my job. (laughs) Well, yeah, I would say it's a job well done. Thank you, Mel. We're all working together. So here's the thing. So you're now here with us to get our listeners more involved in the show now that we're doing this thing on Zencaster. I've created, with the help of Aki... Uh, thank you so much, Aki. We've made this like uh, survey that has a bunch of questions that revolve around your 
kink experiences and thoughts about kink. So it makes it very easy for our listeners to just say, here's some of my stories. And then we pick a couple of things off there and then you can come on and talk about it. Because I know like you get nervous when you uh, when you talk on the mic and a lot of people get nervous. I've also am working on creating a voice modulation because I know a lot of people can't be on the show because they're afraid of being outed, which is which is very realistic. So I'm now creating a filter that can't be undone. Like if you slow it down, they can just speed it up and there's your voice. So I'm I'm trying some things. But here we are now. I think you're the first person that I've interviewed from the questionnaire. So this is a very, very exciting. So it makes it easier for you to speak because all you have to speak about is your experiences and you're you're already kind of know your life, right? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So one of the things that I thought was really fun was one of the questions is, is there something that when you started your kink journey that you were like, no way? Nope, not doing it. Fuck off. Not going to do this. But now, after some time and experience, is one of your favorite things to do. (laughs) It was humiliation. I always equated it to like uh, degradation. I put them in kind of the same category. And for me, I don't think I have the the capability to deal with uh, degradation type stuff because I'm just a big ball of emotional goo. So, <laughs> eh, yeah, not not for me. Um, but but no, I found the exhilaration of you know it's like the initial mortification, and then like the after effect. It's it's the exhilaration of almost getting caught or doing something that's embarrassing or or possibly you know outing me. I don't know. It, it just <laughs> It's pretty fucking hot. (laughs) Are there situations where things your sir has done to you that has put you in that humiliation that was totally hot? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I would say um, probably the uh, time we were in an antique store and and he got a blowjob. Uh, (laughs) Wait, 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 whoa, 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 back (laughs) up here, back, back, backy, backy, backy up here. (laughs) <laughs> You're in an antique store, like where they sell old typewriters and weird vase and, you know, which, why did I say vase? It's so lame. It's a face. Were you guys working there? You were just customers? What's going on with this? No, that's, that's one of our favorite things to do is go to junk shops and antique stores <laughs> and thrift stores and, and record shops and stuff like that. We were out of town at this one that was like a big three-story like opera house that was uh you know turned into a thrift store or junk store antique store whatever and uh we're we're in the bottom level it's it's kind of empty and we're kind of off to the side there's like side rooms in this one you know how they are they're just crammed full of shit sure because i just uh, live at (laughs) antique stores that's just what i'm doing right now that no my life is an antique store i don't actually go to (laughs) antique stores okay i'm the only dork that goes to antique stores Fair enough. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. So go on. So so let me get this straight. So now you're in an antique store. It's not something that the, the owner wasn't your friend that you're just like I have some fetish, no. you know, to 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 blow to blow my sir, you know, next to the old typewriter. <laughs> no. You're in a dark part. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're we're almost through with the store. We've been through the the top two levels. We're on the bottom. We're um, uh, just right about to, you know, leave, and he he's behind me in in another room because they're like kind of open and connected, and he's like, hey, come here, come here, I want to I want you to just look at this. So I'm like, okay, 
I turn around, uh, cause you know, there's shit everywhere. I might've missed something. I turn around and come back in there, you know, nonchalant, whatever. And he's like, come, come look, come look, come, come see. And, uh, <laughs> I turn around and he's kind of behind a, uh, little bookshelf that's probably between waist and chest high. And he, you know, and there's a dick. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> is it an old He's dick like, does it have a certain amount no. of vintage value to it did you have to dust it off no no <laughs> it's attached to sir <laughs> and he he, he he gives me that look and you know and it's like suck it i was like oh fuck are you serious and he's like yeah go ahead suck it nobody's around and I, I kind of look around. I don't see anybody. I look around for cameras. I don't see any cameras. So yeah, I, I, I kind of sucked his dick in the in the, in the antique store. <laughs> <laughs> because with all that stuff around, it'd be easy to spot a camera, right? <laughs> hey, I don't know. I didn't get caught, so I guess it's okay. You didn't get caught, but goddamn, that blowjob is being seen all over the <laughs> antique community. <laughs> old those old couriers because you always picture when you picture an antique store like fucking <laughs> gremlins and shit with like the old guy sitting behind the counter and there's like probably a whole union of them and they all like send like <laughs> video footage of people getting blowjobs <laughs> well if there's old guys yerking to it then you know so be it i don't care <laughs> they're like i got a good one today <laughs> all over the world antique shops all over the world there's just this underground you know blowjob can footage <laughs> of you and your sir good times good times that is an amazing i'm glad you didn't get so so now so let me ask a question because i am a pervert <laughs> so did you do this to completion or was it just to get some sucky sucky in for the humiliation and then off you went it was it was just a little sucky sucky we finished later that is delightful that is delightful. There was something else you wrote in your post that I saw that another thing he did was uh, you were in an Airbnb and he made you go pantless to the balcony and masturbate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were in uh, an Airbnb for, well, for work. And uh, we were done for the day. We had gotten our showers and... Uh, I was half dressed and he was like, Hey, come out here. I was like, I don't have any pants on. He said, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> okay. And, uh, so I go out there pantsless and, uh, yeah, he, uh, made me come on the balcony and uh, over top of the parking lot and then a street off to the right. And I was like, this is fucking hot, but it's fucking embarrassing. <laughs> So now what now physiologically when you're talking, you know, because you did a real good job of explaining that there is a difference between humiliation and degradation. So what is actually the kind of the feeling that you're getting when you're being humiliated? Is it like an anxiousness? Is it a tightness in your chest? Uh, Yeah, more of a, you know, like a full body blush and, and you're just totally mortified in the moment. But after all of that is over. It's just so fucking hot and so exhilarating. I guess it's that that those crazy brain chemicals or whatever. But yeah, I, I dig it. <laughs> that is funny. That is actually that's very similar to how Bunny describes kind of her thing with humiliation. That you know, in the moment, you're like, "This is absolutely awful." 
but then at the end of it, then it's just like, Rawr. yeah, yeah, I, 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 that checks out. That that sounds about right for me too. Antique store, huh? <laughs> yeah. Good show, Mel. Good show. Good on you. Good on your sir. <laughs> Good on you. I'm glad you didn't get caught, and I, I'm, I'm glad there, <laughs> there was no criminal record from this. <laughs> I'm not going to say I suggest to our listeners that you go and have sex acts in public places. Yeah, it's definitely risky. If you do and you don't get caught and there's no consequences, <laughs> then yeah, we want to hear about it. Yeah. Mel, that was an absolutely wonderful story. You have been such a I don't mean to be all cheesy, but you really have been a joy to have as a listener you're very engaged you give us lots of ideas you're always bird dogging for us and if you see a good link or something that we might be able to talk about you've always been really great at putting that up and i think you're a fantastic pp zam thank you so much for just spending a little time with us today i'm sure you have more stories we'll have to get you back on and talk about some of those but thank (laughs) you so much for being here absolutely thank you for having me and to the rest of the perverted podcast listeners it is just that easy Email us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. I'll send you the questionnaire. Fill out only the things that you feel that you're comfortable talking about. And then maybe we can work out that you can come on the show with us and let the world know we actually do have fucking listeners. (laughs) Mel, I love you. Say hi to your sir for me. And we'll see you on the next one. All right. Bye. Yeah, and that's the end of show 258. Thankfully for us, Boogie has not melted in a hot metal box. The weather's gotten a little bit better, and that you can tell by listening to him on this show. He definitely sounds calmer and more upbeat. So thank you once again for all of your support and for stepping up. Every time I whine and complain and pull, as Boogie calls, the Jewish grandmother bit, and say, hey, nothing, no emails to talk about. You guys step up to the challenge every time, and I appreciate it. So continue to write to us at pervertedpodcasts at gmail.com. Tell us what's going on in your lives. And don't forget to lend us your support at uh, patreon.com forward slash pervertedpodcast if you think this show has any value. Five bucks if you give a fuck. What do you think, Boogie? And, of course, want to remind people, just like we just had our lovely listener segue segment with Garbage Can Mel, that if you would like to join us on Perverted Podcast, please email us at pervertedpodcast.com or pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. I'm a retard. (laughs) And ask for the questionnaire that I will send to you so you can fill out and we can figure out a time that we can get more listeners on the show because I really do enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. And it's a lot of fun finally being able to talk to our listeners instead of just knowing they exist when they write emails. I love that segment you do, Boogie. It's really good. It is a lot of fun. I can't wait for us to be in a position, Kathy, to where you can be involved in those things. (laughs) But we're working that out. We're working out some logistics. Some nighttime recording may be in the works. Mm. We are always working for you, Perverted Podcast listeners. We are not giving up. We are all together and having a great time. And we will see you next week on Show 259. Woohoo! P U S S Y Cookies! Mm, 
plastic wrap and roll up some cookie dough. Put it in a condom and then you fuck your girl with it. Pull it out of her snatch. Put them in the oven and make a batch. You make a pussy cookies. That's right. Cookie till the pussy cookies. Good going in, even though some say that it's a sin. People try to put you down now. You got a game for your religious, self-righteous family. Here's a passive-aggressive holiday treat. Watch them eat your pussy cookies. No, Grandma, I'm not mad. You called me dumb and fat my whole childhood. Here, have a cookie. Hey, Grandma, eat your pussy cookies. Nasty old snake. Oatmeal, chocolate chip, peanut butter, gingerbread Smells so good while it's baking in the oven Ladies, put all your fears behind ya And get some cookie dough stuffed in your vagina P-U-S-S-Y Cookies! Feed the world with bakery goods from between your thighs Or you can sell them online to freaky German guys Sell your pussy cookies Sein Vater, mein Bussen Kuchen Germans love the pussy cookies Hey, get them in your mouth, feed them to your friends, bounce them off your tits, yeah! Pussy cookies!